Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we examine the secondary with a big, and that's putting it mildly, emphasis on cornerback. It may be the one position group that we can definitely say must be addressed in both free agency and the draft. In other words, a lot of work needs to be done. First, though, was Kyler Murray a top 10 quarterback in 2020? The answer straight ahead. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 394, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. By the way, glad to see we all survived our first non-football weekend in quite some time. Still some football news, and I found this interesting, MJ. NFL.com ranked the 59 starting quarterbacks of the 2020 season. Now you're asking, 59? I had the same question in my own mind. Yes, 59 different quarterbacks started at least one game in 2020, and no, we are not counting Kendall Hinton. The Broncos wide receiver off the practice squad had to start a game earlier this season because of COVID-19 restrictions. No, he did not make this list. But the NFL.com writing staff ranked the best quarterbacks, regular season and postseason included. Quoting, past performances and future projections were not taken into account. Rather, this list is meant to reflect where each quarterback stood in the 2020 campaign alone. Of course, Cardinal fans asking, did Kyler Murray make the list? Yes. The question is, where? Where would you hope to see, without giving it away just yet, where would you hope in 2020 Kyler Murray would rank among the 59 quarterbacks overall? Top 12 to top 15. And, you know, if you go back, and we didn't think it was realistic when it came to the MVP, but he was in the MVP conversation when this team was 5-2 and two and 6-3, and three, and he was that dual threat. And he was on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards. He was on pace to rush for over 1,000 yards. You know, you look at him scoring a rushing touchdown and a throwing a touchdown. I mean, he, he, he set NFL records. So I would think 12 to 15, unfortunately, it doesn't include the playoffs, as you mentioned, but I would think 12 to 15 uh, because, you know, we had 14 teams make the playoffs. Now, not every quarterback was great down the stretch. Some relied on some of their defense, but I would say 12 to 15 if I had to guess. Top 15, that's fair, and I think that's where we all anticipate because, as you mentioned, the Cardinals did not make the postseason. Well, here, let's give you the top 10, first of all, and the first five. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. Four of those five quarterbacks made the postseason. Watson did not, but statistically speaking, he was just off the charts. So those are the first five quarterbacks. Any disagreement with those first five? Not at all. And you can make the case if Watson won more games, he would have been in the MVP conversation. Josh Allen, uh, he was in the conversation. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers had a great year. And then he threw in Patrick Mahomes as his, his quarterback to um, a touchdown to interception ratio and in the wins. These All five of these guys are all worthy. And again, we're talking regular season yeah. and postseason. Yes. All right, the next five. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Herbert, and checking in at number 10, 
Kyler Murray, according to the writing staff at NFL.com, Kyler Murray in 2020 was a top 10 quarterback. Wow. Um, I'm looking. I I want to go through Russell Wilson because, according to the uh, the list we're looking at, weeks one through five, 19 over three touchdown interception ratio, 73 percent, close to nine yards per play, quarterback rating 129.8. Fast forward week seven to 18, it was 23 over 11, completion percentage down, quarterback rating. So I would have put him a little bit lower. Uh, I know it's the body of work. He started off great, but uh, they did not play well down the stretch. And I guess you can make the case for Murray, um, but I would have Wilson a little bit lower than number six. And Justin Herbert, again, his first season with the Chargers, but a very good first yeah. season. And maybe if you're Kyler Murray in year two, yes, you're a Pro Bowl selection. You want to be ranked ahead of Herbert. But I just think statistically speaking, as far as a drop-back quarterback and a passing quarterback, Herbert, I think, maybe shown a little bit more this past season than Kyler Murray has. But again, top 10 for Kyler Murray and just ahead of Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins. Those were the next five quarterbacks behind Kyler Murray. And this was what was written on Kyler Murray coming in at number 10. In year two, Kyler really showed us what he can do with his legs. The guy just moves differently, but he still has plenty of room for improvement as a traditional passer. This is a tantalizing, terrifying thought, depending on your routine interests. Two sentences that I think aptly describe what we all anticipate with the Cardinals drafted number one overall a couple of years ago with his ability to throw from the pockets and then also scramble and then run for 10, 15 yards or in this past season, of course, 11 touchdowns. Yeah, and you know, Dak Prescott's on the list. We know he was injured. Um, you look at Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees had a good year, 27 touchdowns, missed some games, nine interceptions. Uh, you look at Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, you know, they go as Ben goes, and we know that they had a little bit of trouble down the stretch, and uh, they weren't able to, uh, you know, uh, go deep into the playoffs. Ryan Fitzpatrick did a nice job. Jared Goff, um, you know, towards the end, they, they obviously wanted to bench him, and now he's on another team. So interesting how the list is performed. Again, I would have thought maybe Drew Brees would be a little bit higher. Uh, Dak Prescott, if he played this year, he would – because – Believe it or not, he, he had better numbers than some of these quarterbacks that started, and he only played a handful of games. So I would think Prescott would be in the top ten. But the interesting thing about Murray and Her Justin Herbert is back-to-back -back rookies of the year. And, you know, I feel about the AFC um, quarterbacks under 26 and under in the NFC. that It's not as much. But uh, I like the fact that, you know, even though he throws the ball um, – you know, he doesn't run as much. You can still win different ways, and and obviously, I'm a. I think that uh, you know Miami may be having second thoughts about Tua versus Justin Herbert. Two seasons of Kyler Murray, a lot to like, but there is also a lot to look forward to as far as that jump now from year two to year three. I think we all anticipate to see growth out of Kyler Murray, and maybe it was unfair to think that we could see it from year one to year two like we saw out of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Still, there is an upward trajectory for Kyler Murray as a quarterback, but to their point on what they wrote as far as a, quote, traditional passer – Yes, he can make all the throws, but can you do it in the pocket? Can you do it on the run? And that latter point is something that you have brought up often. Yeah, and, you know, 
sometimes it, it takes time, but you would think with his background in, in baseball, and he really was only a one-year starter in college, um, even though he bounced around, but he got a chance to play at Oklahoma, is throwing on the run. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is going to be a future Hall of Famer. He's a lot older. He's been in a lot of different systems. But you look at Patrick Mahomes. You look at Josh Allen this year, throwing on the run. I think Lamar Jackson's got to do a better job with that. Joe Burrow, when he was in there. Baker Mayfield. I mean, those guys are not fleet of foot. So I, I would hope that Murray, with that baseball background, because what you don't want to do is get out to the outside uh, of the pocket and then have to stop and make a throw. It's got to be, it's got to be fluid. It's got to be in sync to where you see a guy either coming back to the ball or or going to the sidelines where you make that throw on the run. So, and we know that Cliff works with them. Uh, about protecting the ball in the pocket and, and rolling out and, and making sure he's on the balls of his feet when he's in the pocket so he can step and look uh, uh, both ways, kind of head on a swivel. But I want to see him run out. I want to see him, you know, kind of tease the run and then throw it on the run. And, and and again, with his baseball background, I think it's possible since they got to work on it. And that's the next step and the developments of a young quarterback. And these rankings, by the way, Bird Gang, this is what the offseason is mostly about outside of free agency and the draft and whether we get any offseason programs as far as minicamp, training camp, and all of this is something that we are left to wait and wonder about. But we know that there are going to be predictions. There's going to be prognostications. And, of course, there are going to be rankings and polls. And when we deem it necessary, we will bring it to you here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think when you get to the offseason, we enjoy lists. But for someone to put out a power ranking today – Without free agency in the draft, I, I I won't even read it. I mean, let's let's get to the off season a little bit here because you're basing it on what they did last year, um, and then the Cardinals have 28 free agents. So how do you gauge what the what the roster is going to look like in 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 September? So I understand it's for clicks, and you know if you if your team's in the top 10, you're excited. But at the end of the day, it's not played on paper. It's played during the season. So I look at them, but when it comes out in January and early February, I have a hard time putting any um, stock into it, Craig. I just, I mean, what are you basing it on? I mean, you're basing it on, you know, guys obviously making progress. Um, I, I get it if you have, let's, I, I, hypothetical would be like the, you know, maybe the, maybe the Buccaneers aren't a good example because they got a lot of free agents. But if you have 18 starters come back, I understand why you're going to be higher. But we know in this league, you can go from worst to first. And we know that, you know, obviously, um, you know, you could be a 5C like the Buccaneers and make a run to the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't, I'm not begrudging people to look at it because you kind of want to know where your team is and what the media thinks. But it's just, I don't know how you can put out a power ranking this early in the offseason. Well, it's like what we'll do in the month of May when the schedule comes out. We all go through and go, all right, this is a win. This is a loss. Hey, they've won three in a row going into this primetime game. And we're sitting here, whoa, free agency's happened. The draft has happened. Yet we haven't seen this team on the field. Look, we're all guilty of it. I'll raise my hand right here, MJ, and say yes. That's what we do when the schedule comes out because that is just a part of the National Football League experience. Well, I mean, it, it, the 
shoes on the other foot when when this team finished ten and six and eleven and five, and you know everyone was excited about that 2015 season, rightfully so. I mean, they go thirteen and three, and you you didn't have to look so far down. I, I I just it's not that I would get discouraged because to me at the end of the day those power rankings mean absolutely nothing. It's what you do on the field, and if you want to make a jump, um, you know fly under the radar. I get it. Uh, but we know this team has to make progress. You go from five to eight wins. It's got to get better, and we know that they got to be more consistent. And it, and it starts with the coaching staff and the players, and and obviously the, now is the job with the front office to go out and get better players and make this team more consistent and, and a better team in the future. We continue here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. A reminder, Bird Gang, if you enjoy what you're listening to, we invite you to subscribe to all of the Arizona Cardinals podcasts whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. This way you never missed your favorite shows. Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Just go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Well, you talk about improving, MJ, and let's continue our position-by-position look heading into the new league year, March 17th. Right around the corner. In fact, one month away. One month and one day to be specific. We covered the running back position in our last show. This show, we're going to focus on the secondary. And typically, I think we would divide it up into cornerbacks and safeties. But correct me if I'm wrong. I look at this unit as, okay, corner, yes. There are some questions that need to be answered. Safety, on the other hand, though, for me, MJ, and maybe that's just me looking through it through rose-colored glasses or cardinal-colored glasses, I like the safety room right now with Buda Baker coming back, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson. Yes, the Thompson twins need to stay healthy and be on the field, specifically Jalen Thompson. But safety position, I think they're okay right now as we speak. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the starters, uh, healthy Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, I like that pairing. Uh, Deontay Thompson's a little bit bigger, at least taller, uh, 6'1", 195, where Jalen's about 5'11", 190. Um, I think you need some depth there. Um, the fact is that Chris Banjo's an unrestricted free agent. He did start four games. He's more of a special teams player. So it, I, I like the starters, but we know – that, you know, whether it's injuries and Jalen Thompson got hurt early in the season and, you know, maybe he's playing catch up. And then, you know, anytime that you're you're not getting, a, you know, multiple playing time, it's, you, you got to kind of hit the reset button and then you get back on the practice field. And so you make progress and then you take a step back. So I like the starter starters, but I think they need some depth there. And that could be, you know, a guy that, you know, like Chris Banjo was, or, you know, I think that would be more of a veteran guy because if somebody goes down, you have so much youth between Baker and the Thompson twins. Yeah, and I think in free agency, and it wouldn't be the first wave or the second wave. Maybe it's the third, fourth, fifth wave to get a veteran in there, whether that's Banjo coming back or not, because I thought he filled in very nicely because Jalen Thompson was in and out of the lineup. And then when you look at the draft, just a couple of names, then my limited search as far as the top safeties. Now, whether Cardinals would address it with the 16th overall pick, I don't know because it's not for me anyway, a huge need. But two of the better safeties out there, Javon Holland out of Oregon, 
he opted out of the 20 season, so there is some debate on how you rank him and compare him to the other positions or the other players at his position. And then Trevon Moerig out of TCU, the Jim Thorpe Award winner in 2020, the best defensive back distinction. So those are the two names, but I'm like you, MJ, that if you're going to add a safety to the Thompson Twins and Buda Baker, it is going to be a veteran and it's going to be later in the offseason. Yeah, and that could be one of those situations where, you know, a guy's looking – and we, we we talked about this, but we'll probably get more into detail of when I say uh, veterans are going to get squeezed. So look for a, a lot of guys to sign one-year deals because the salary cap uh, with the new TV contract expected to be signed for the next 10 years. You're going to see a lot more uh, money when it comes to the salary cap. So you can find a guy on a one-year deal, prove it deal, and then uh, obviously he plays well. You can extend him. If not, he goes out in free agency. So I, I do think there'll be a market out there for some veteran safeties that are looking just to, to get on a roster, to get on film, and then try to cash in the following year. And I wonder how many of these players, not talking safety specific, but these veteran players that do get squeezed out, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're sitting here talking about, hey, it's not going to be, you know, early on in free agency. It's going to be later. But how quickly the money dries up are we wrong in thinking that, hey, there might be some veterans signing, not big contracts, but maybe one-year deals just to say they have a job and get off the market as opposed to waiting? Because I think this offseason, the longer you wait, the not that there won't be an opportunity, the money is just not going to be there. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at the top, you know, top 12, top 15 free agents, I mean, some of these guys are going to get tagged. Um, usually good teams don't let their core players hit free agency. So I, I would think if you're a guy in your 26 to 28, you're looking for a multi-year deal. And there are four or five teams that have over $60 million in cap space now. The majority are you're gonna, they're gonna have to, you're gonna have to have and have nots. You're gonna have, you know, ten players making the majority of the cap, and then you're gonna have 45 players making a league minimum with incentives. So. Um, I would think if, you know, early on you're going to see, you know, some teams that give out longer-term deals. Um, but if you're a team like the Cardinals, um, you know, they definitely want to retain Hassan Reddick. Did they give him a one-year deal for X amount of dollars? Uh, Marcus Golden. Golden's been trying to get paid over the last couple of years. So I think we'll see a fluctuation. But the, the teams that are going to make commitments to players and the teams that have over 50 or $60 million, you're going to see multi-year deals. But I think some of the veterans are going to worry about getting squeezed, so they're going to have to take a one-year deal. Last point on the Cardinals' safeties, and you talk about commitment. The Cardinals made a commitment to Buda Baker in training camp last offseason, or I should say last year, as far as signing him to a long-term contract, and he did not disappoint. First-team All-Pro, tied for the league lead among defensive backs with 118 tackles, including 84 solo stops, which led all DBs. He had his first career interception, came up with two interceptions, two sacks, six passes defense. What's next for you as far as what you want to see out of Buda Baker and he was asked that question at the end of the season he talked about leadership but from a player standpoint on the field what's the next step for a Buda Baker who is already among the better if not the best safety 
in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been voted in the last couple of years. Now he does have a little competition with Jamal Adams in, in Seattle, but they both were all pro. I just think um, more impact plays. We know he's around the ball, and, you know, there are opportunities where, you know, Vance Joseph will bring him off the edge. More impact plays, but, uh, you know, he's so young, and he hasn't reached the ceiling. He's trending in the right direction. You know, it's little things, you know. Um, communicating, uh, leadership, that's going to go a long way because when you have one of your best players and he's talking to someone else, you listen. I mean, it's not like he's not, he's a he's a fringe guy or a rotation guy and he's out there telling you what to do. So I think just maybe more polished as a leader and more impact plays where he can change a game around like Chandler Jones has done. And we've heard the coaches say, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury or Vance Joseph, if we can have 11 Buda Bakers on the defense or 53 Buda Bakers on our roster, we'll be an excellent team. And you can say that about a handful of players throughout the league, and the Cardinals do have one of those players in Buda Baker. Now we just need to keep seeing it time in and time again. But that's one player I don't worry about at all. No, and, and as you started this, uh, this topic in our conversation about the safety position – um, it's going to be quite the contrary when we get to corner. Again, you can never have enough depth, but I do like the top three guys. And, and again, the Thompson Twins got to stay healthy, uh, obviously get a more grasp of the defense, but they've shown flashes when in there. Now, the question mark at cornerback, there is a lot of question marks. And this is going to be a position I think that not only is the Cardinals front office going to address it in free agency, they will address it in the draft and I don't know how many different positions you can say that honestly about and don't forget the Cardinals only have five draft picks but the cornerback position let's get into it here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals the big question mark is who is going to come back does Patrick Peterson return what about Drake Kirkpatrick Jonathan Joseph Kevin Peterson those four are all unrestricted free agents once the new league year hits Cardinals will have Byron Murphy, Robert Alford returning, and then they got a couple of players on futures contracts, including Jace Whitaker, who did play in four games this past season, and one of those players that was protected 12 different times during the course of the season. But when we talk about the cornerback position, you can't go any further in addressing this position or evaluating this position than answering this question, P2. What happens here in 2021? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he's an eight-time pro bowler, but let's be honest, over the last couple of years, maybe uh, before the suspension or after the suspension, he hasn't just been the same player from, you know, fleet of foot and foot speed. And he's admitted that, you know, uh, when this team is playing man-to-man, um, it's difficult sometimes to, to cover the slants and the crossing routes. You know, I, I've maintained this throughout the offseason. I think the Cardinals will let Patrick Peterson go out there and see what he's worth. It only takes one team. I think the Cardinals are willing to pay him. Uh, I don't know if they're willing to pay him the, the salary he's making right now. Uh, we know Patrick raising his family here, but it only takes one team. And so I'm curious to see, but... You know, nothing against Robert Alford. I, I, I thought they finally found a number two corner. Uh, I was intrigued with him, and I haven't, you know, it's just the fact that he hasn't been a healthy. And to me, 
Um, you know, he's under contract for one more year at nine million. The Cardinals would save seven point five million. I have no issue bringing him back, but it's got to be on a lower rate. He just he hasn't been able to play, and I, I really liked what him and Peterson look like. He he brings some competitive. He's got some juices in him. Uh, he plays with a little physicality. I was intrigued when he was in training camp with Patrick Peterson, and then both of those guys worked out last year in the off season. They were chiseled. They were ready to go. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. So. I would bring him back at a lower rate. You know, Drake or Patrick, he, he started nine games, as you pointed out. Um, you know, I thought he settled that position down. Jonathan Joseph was a little bit older. Uh, Kevin Peterson is an unrestricted free agent. And, and Chase Whitaker is more of a, a slot guy. So, you know, you, you do have some uh, depth behind Byron Murphy. I don't know if you want to line him on the outside. So, um, you know, we can look at wide receiver and cornerback. And, uh, you know, teams and uh, games are one in the trenches, but, if you had to make a preference, I mean, this is huge. I mean, you're basically saying you, you may only have a couple corners on the roster. I mean, this so free agency in the draft is something they're going to have to address. Yeah, you only have two under contract, and I'm not counting the guys that are on features deals, but Byron Murphy and Robert Alford are the only ones that you can count on, and you can't really count on Robert Alford if we're being honest with ourselves, considering he has not played a single game, a single snap in each of the past two seasons because of injury. So I do like your take as far as you want him back, but certainly not at the rates that you're paying him. Now, how does he feel about that? I don't know, but that's something that I'm sure is going to be addressed if it hasn't already been addressed at all already, just because I'm sure he would like to play, and uh, he gets it. It's a business, and so far the Cardinals have not received what they paid for this uh, well, as of yet. Excuse me, and he made a choice uh, to sign before free agency. Correct. They showed that much interest. I mean, a three-year contract on February 8th. I mean, so he would have already been on the contract. It was worth 22.5, including a 4-5 uh, signing bonus. Now, again, how can he demand a long-term deal when he hasn't played in a couple of years? Another one-year deal. I mean, and he can prove that I'm still, uh, you know, we know corners can play 32, 33. You know, if you're a veteran guy, maybe you're the, the, the third corner versus the second corner. But there's not going to be a market out for him to get a ton of money. Um, it's all it takes is one team, I say, but – why not bring him back on a one-year deal? And I would feel the same way about bringing back Patrick Peterson on a one-year deal or even a multi-year deal, depending on what the terms are. Again, it's not my money, but this is one of those uh, divisive issues, if you will. You're either for or against. There doesn't seem to be any middle ground when you talk to fans about Patrick Peterson. Is he that all-pro corner that he was once? No, he's not. But an argument can be made, and I'll make it here, that he is still among the better corners in this league. And I'll take you back to something that Vance Joseph said at the end of 2020. December 31st, his last time addressing the media, he was asked about Patrick Peterson. And in Joseph's words, quote, Peterson is our ace corner. And then he added that there is no such thing, in his opinion, of a lockdown corner in the league anymore, given the amount of passing that is done. Now, Jalen Ramsey, sure, he's a lockdown corner, but I don't there's think there's a few. But, I don't think there's there, 32 of those. I no, don't think each team has one. No, but the, the guys, when we talked about Patrick Peterson when he came out, lockdown corner. 
you're talking about guys that are 23, 24, 25, 27. I mean, you know, I'm sure in the next couple of years, Stefan Gilmore is going to say that he lost a step. It's just, it's a young man's game, but he still can cover and he's still the best corner on the roster. I, I know, um, you know, for, for fans, you're right. He's a lightning rod, and, and, and it didn't help when he asked for a trade and obviously the suspension. So uh, there are factors involved here. Um, but to have him in the secondary, and, and I don't know if he would sign a one-year deal. I mean, um, and, and again, the market's going to dictate that. I, I would think he wants a couple years just because he says he wants to play till he's 35, but he's going to have to play up to, up to par to, to get that kind of contract. So I, I would like to see him come back, but – you know, I just think it. You know, if they're going to play man to man, I think he's better suited for a zone defense. Uh, I think the Cardinals are willing. To, this is just me guessing. A lot, eleven million a year. Um, is it on a two-year deal? What's the bonus money? Um, but you're starting to see him possibly get two years for twenty-five with a fifteen million dollar guarantee. So I don't know if the Cardinals are willing to go down that road. Um, obviously, negotiations are part of it. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But whether you whether you think he's um, lost a step or not. He's still one of the better corners in in the division, and um, the grass isn't always greener. So, uh, I understand he hasn't played up to par to to, to where you say uh, you can replace him. Not so fast. Well, and that's the flip side of this. All right, if you do say, all right, we're going to replace him, then it's okay. Well, who are you replacing him with? It's easy to say, well, get rid of that player. You can always get better. Are you really? sure about that because sometimes it's better to have someone that you know of one knows your system too and has been around as opposed to going out and looking at the free agent market here are a couple of names for you and just within the cardinals division the nfc west richard sherman's going to be an unrestricted free agent quentin dunbar shaquille griffin out of the seahawks those two players do they resign or do they hit the open market troy hill from the rams those are just some of the corners within the nfc west that much like patrick peterson are going to hit the open market so how much dollars are out there available to these players and then is it better to maybe take less because you are comfortable in your surroundings i.e. Patrick Peterson with the Arizona Cardinals again I don't know Peterson has talked very well about the organization and the city and the community over recent weeks yes he's been honest with himself and us as far as how much he needs to improve and work on this offseason because he knows he's not among the elite corners anymore yet I'm just not quick like everyone else seems to be. Said, so I just you know push him aside. Let's move on from Patrick Peterson and go with Byron Murphy and someone else, someone else, someone else. Listen, you put him in the right defense. In, in Vance, I mean, he's got to do what's best for the team. I mean, the whole idea when they signed Alford was man-to-man press across the board. Uh, that never materialized because of injuries. Uh, maybe this team's better to play zone. And if you put him in the zone, I think he's going to be fine. I mean, uh, again um, – I understand the fact that he doesn't look the same on the field, but he's more he's he's savvy. He's a veteran. He knows how to cover guys. You know the physicality um, has never been a, a strong suit, even though he's done a better job coming up and tackling this year. I mean Richard Sherman, he's 32. Uh, he got picked out on and he missed a lot of time last year. You know Dunbar's 28, uh, Griffin's 25, Troy Hill. I'm intrigued with maybe because he played well against the Cardinals. 29. 
Uh, Desmond King is 26. Ronald Darby, 27. So I'm sure all these guys that are in their 20s want to get long-term deals. I just don't know if it's going to happen. So uh, I do think the, the I think corner is a viable option for the Cardinals in the first round. Um, obviously, the best available player. Trade down, get more picks. Um, and I think they're going to have to sign a yeah, – well, I definitely think they're going to have to sign a free agent or two, like a Drake or Patrick, like a Jonathan Joseph, maybe a guy that's going to come in here uh, before training camp and get a one-year deal. But corner, draft, and free agency, because right now um, they don't have a whole lot of depth if they lose Patrick Peterson. As we debate as far as the future of Patrick Peterson and with respect to what's already on the roster, and specifically Byron Murphy, is Murphy now ready to take that next step himself and be not a number one corner, because I don't think he's there yet. He might not never be there. But two years into his pro career, he's played a lot of slot. And that's kind of where this team envisions him being at. Well, in that case, then the Cardinals need to go out and sign or draft two corners. And you put that pressure on a college player out of the gate, that's a lot to handle. With respects to Byron Murphy and this cornerback position, how much does Murphy's future weigh into this, whether he can be a number two corner like he was his rookie year when he was thrown into the fire? Well, we've seen the difference from playing on the outside to playing in the inside. Now, you know, if teams are going three and four wide, he's, he's a full-time player. Sometimes his teams are going 12 personnel. Uh, you want to get your bigs on, on, on the field. They made it very clear last year that him playing inside is his natural position. So I don't know if you want to move him. I get the physicality. I get the size, 5'11", 190. Um, he has speed. Uh, he's He had a really good pass, defenses la- pass defense last year, but – um, it seems like in this in this day and age, when teams going three and four wide, you, your second corner just has to be as good as your slot corner. And right now, I don't think the Cardinals, if they lose Patrick Peterson, you know, uh, Murphy to me is a perfect slot guy, uh, especially with these 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 routes these guys are running, and you're they're going against not so much small guys anymore, physical receivers. So you'd hate to move him around, but. You know, I got to trust their judgment when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, when you talk about a slot corner, it's not like someone that's going to come off the bench. You're playing and you're starting three cornerbacks more times than not. So it is a position that is certainly very well utilized and extremely important. But when you take someone in the second round, like a Byron Murphy, there's an expectation. Is that a slot guy or is that a number one or a number two guy? I would think at this point in the game that slot corner, okay, it's not as great a need as number one and number two, but it's still up there. It's, you know, you're rivaling edge rusher and, 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 you know, wide receiver as far as being able to defend all of these pass catchers, whether it's a wide receiver or a tight end or even a running back. You need cornerbacks and not just two. You need three, four, and sometimes five. Yeah, especially at that position because – you know, you know, if you're the second corner and you're really a three and you're playing a two, they're gonna they're gonna pick on you. They're gonna go after you. I, I really think, you know, even if they sign a, a corner in free agency, I, I still think that you you got to draft a corner. And 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 again, you know, if you're at 16, how many corners are off the board? I don't get fixated on that because I know in previous years the Cardinals had certain players ranked higher than what the uh, the mock drafts were out there. So I I, I don't. Third corner, fourth corner, does he fit your system? And, and you know, what's his upside? And you're projecting what he's going to do at the next level. So uh, I think corner 
cornerback is on the board at number 16 or the first round. I don't think there's any question that depending on how things shake out ahead of the Cardinals and Bird Gang, the more you hear quarterback talk, the more push four guys to be drafted ahead of the Cardinals at number 16 because then that pushes one or two players down to where if you look at it, if four quarterbacks go off the board in the first five or ten picks, now you're looking at, okay, quarterback aside, you're getting top ten talent at number 16, and is that a cornerback? A couple of names out there. Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, J.C. Horn, South Carolina, Asante Samuel Jr., Florida State, and Patrick Sertain the second out of Alabama. Now, the interesting thing about Horn, Samuel, and Sertain, those are all second-generation players. Their fathers, all very good NFL players, so it's in their DNA, so to speak. And then Farley is one of those players that I've seen a lot as far as being mocked to the Cardinals at number 16. The question mark, and there are a couple of them, one, he did not play at all in 2017 because of a torn ACL and missed last season. He decided to opt out of 2020. It's his prerogative to concentrate on the draft and the National Football League, yet what are you getting compared to the other players who did play in 2020, specifically Sertain, who was very good at Alabama? Yeah, I mean, in the perfect world, Patrick Sertain would be the pick, but I just don't think he's going to you know, drop there. I guess we'll wait and see. Nobody knows officially what team sports look like. You know, you look at uh, Caleb Fairley, 22 years old. I like the size. You don't see corners six foot two. I mean, that's long arms, and that means you can get you know press coverage at the line of scrimmage. Um, if they're going to run that out route, you get your you know you get your alligator arms out there. Uh, you look at Horn six one, uh, Asante Samuel's five ten, uh, first team All ACC as you pointed out, Craig. Um, so, but I, I I do think you know you're going to get picked on, but. If you have a number one corner opposite of you, I think it's, it helps. And then if you get a pass rush, you know, and, t- and you put teams in situations where they're going to have to pass it, that will help. But I, I definitely think they got to build uh, that, that corner position if they lose Patrick Peterson. Regardless if they don't lose him, they're still going to need depth there. You need three top corners and you need a couple backups. I think that you hit right there is even if Peterson does return, cornerback still has to be a focal point in the draft. And, and if you want to, if Alford's willing to come back on a one-year deal, uh, obviously, you know, they paid him a ton of money. I don't know if there's loyalty there. I know, you know, he wanted to play with Patrick. They also know it's a business. So now all of a sudden, if he could stay healthy, then you draft a corner, and all of a sudden there's not a huge drop-off. You know, you got your number one, depending on what happens. Um, but I do think you're going to have to, uh, to trust the corner position in free agency and the draft. I, I believe that regardless of Patrick Peterson comes back. Now, Murphy was forced into action. They would have preferred to slow play him when he was in his first year, but Peterson's suspension, Alford's injury, and all of a sudden Murphy had to play a lot more as far as the outside is concerned. You mean covering guys like Julio Jones? Exactly. It was certainly <laughs> baptism by fire, but I think he's better for it going into year three. He's still getting picked on. He's still giving up his share of catches. But I'll go back to week one at San Francisco and then later in the season against Philadelphia. He had two huge pass breakups that helped seal wins. So I think much like we talked earlier in the show about Kyler Murray and that trajectory going up, there is one, maybe not as steep with Murphy, but there is one with Byron Murphy. Yeah, I don't think the game's too big for him. And he was throwing the fire, as you mentioned. And, you know, that's a situation. Sometimes you're – Position flexibility does help you get out on the field a little bit quicker. Um, but when you just hear him in interviews, 
Um, he knows he can play at this level. He's physical. Uh, he works hard in the offseason to get into shape. Uh, he's a good open field tackler. Um, I think he, you know, some of those passes defense, even from week one until the end of the season, helped his team uh, keep him in game. So, uh, I and Kyler Murray already came out and said he's he's expecting big things from Byron Murphy. Um, doesn't mean he was because they were in the same draft class, but it, it's a point to where, you know, um, you know the field. They Cardinals feel like uh, when they look at it from that standpoint, um, you know, th- these are your core moving forward. When you draft a guy in the first and second round third round you you, you got to hope those guys pan out and and you know fourth fifth and sixth round are more depth and doesn't mean a guy can't start I mean we haven't even talked about Evan Weaver I'm curious to see what he can do uh, I know they were excited with him and he's undersized and he was the Pac-12 uh, player of the year at Cal um, I think he can earn a spot on special teams so year one to two and three um, but I, I'm not I have no concern with Byron Murphy as long as he's on the trajectory to where he's still working hard and, and he doesn't feel like he's arrived and I don't think that's the case he's part of the solution at cornerback yes. and I say part because he is going to need help and I would expect that that position to be addressed early in free agency at least to get an answer about Patrick Peterson that first week, first two weeks, I would think because the Cardinals in their own projection and getting better, you can't wait either because if guys start coming off the board or certain positions start to fill up and you're looking and go, well, we've got to do something, and this I'm talking about free agency, there is going to be a little bit of a foot race here as far as how teams decide to attack their own free agents and then other teams' free agents. Well, I mean, legal tampering starts on the 15th. And I think we're going to have a wave of signings on the 17th. Now, the guys that aren't getting the money, and you mentioned it earlier, the money dries up quick. When he's, I talk about teams having 40 to 50, 60 million dollars, uh, they're going to go after every ticket item. So, so that's going to come off the board quick. Um, yeah, I mean, if somebody's offering a multi-year deal versus a one-year deal, I got to think player A is going to take the two-year deal. Cardinals need to address this position just because, as we like to say, it is a passing league. And look no further than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their secondary. As we chronicled earlier during the playoff run that they've got all four, including corners and safeties, they're all at the the age of 25, and they've drafted very well. And not to say that the Cardinals haven't drafted very well at the cornerback position. It's just a position that in the draft they haven't looked to in the last several years outside of Byron Murphy. But I do think they have to address it this year and next year because even if Peterson does return, he's not getting any younger. Yeah, I mean, you can have a great pass rush, but if he can't cover in the back, and, I, you know, we always talk about the front seven, and if the, if the secondary can cover, they should be able to get to the quarterback. But if guys are running free, um, you know, quarterbacks have done a really good job getting rid of the ball earlier than in, in prior time. Um, you know, sometimes if you go three and four wide, um, you, you can't get the same pressure because you got to cover the field. So, yeah, this is one of those situations where I, I just look at it from, you know, a Cardinal standpoint. Uh, that, you know, last year, let's go in. What I said last year, I thought the secondary was the strength of the team because of Robert Alford, Patrick Peterson, the Jalen Twins, and Buda Baker. And, and I believe that. Uh, that wasn't the case. So, 
you got they they got to build up this secondary again because you know having a great pass rush if you can't cover in the back end it, they don't it doesn't equal to where success is going to happen between the front seven and the back end. It all works on a string to yours yeah. your analogy as far as you've got to have a good pass rush to help the secondary and a strong secondary will make sure the pass rush is better because then you get the quarterback to hang on to the ball a lot longer. No doubt about it, and that and that's something that they're going to have to address in the offseason. It's just they just don't I mean again Alford healthy I I look forward to seeing him if that's the case Patrick will wait and see um, and, and if they're able to retain these guys all of a sudden now you don't have to go out and worry about so much depth the fact is they got to stay healthy and be productive if you're going to go with these uh, the couple of corners that they they have they have more intel on Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford than they have on some others in free agency. And that doesn't mean they're not going to sign a guy, though. For me, MJ, cornerback is the number one position of need the Cardinals have to address and address probably quite often this offseason. Yeah, and then there's undrafted free agents. And, you know, these guys that opted out, I mean, they got to go back to the film, you know. Um, I think teams are allowed to do Zoom meetings right now. Um, you know, some teams are having pro, uh, pro days. So, you know, we don't, we're not going to hear about, you know, um, this guy, uh, team visited this guy because they're not allowing that. But I know that teams are allowed to do Zoom meetings, position coaches, start talking to these draft picks. And I, I, I'm curious to see when a guy opts out, what kind of shape, what have you been doing for the last six months? Yeah, and how does that play into the evaluation versus looking back at not last year's film but the year before and then comparing 2019 film with a guy who played in 2019 and 2020. Yeah, and you're going to have to go back to the film and and I'm sure they're all in great shape, but there's there's a thing in football you got to stop and run, okay? Meaning it's not just running 40-yard dashes, it's not lifting 225 pounds. Uh, you have to adjust to the speed of the game and, and on a dime you have to change direction. So, you know, they can work out and, and look good and all that other stuff, you know, look yeah, past the eye test, but Football is played above the shoulder sometimes. It's between the ears, and it's about knowing your role and, and te- technique. So uh, I don't think uh, they're going to hold it against these guys that opted out. Obviously, they made a decision for that best in their family. Um, but you better make sure that these guys, they've been on the on the straight and narrow for the last six months to where they're, uh, they want to be in the NFL, and you have to put the work in to do it. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. So that will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, as we take a look at the secondary cornerbacks and safeties, but certainly a huge emphasis on the quarterback position just because of what isn't on the roster as we speak here on this Tuesday, February 16th. Much more on the position as the team makes moves in free agency and then, of course, in the draft. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.